arts news from around the area. Welcome to the Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, promoting and supporting the arts, arts organizations, and artists throughout Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. Hello, good morning. Uh, welcome to the Creative Cafe. Uh, my name is Eric Oliphant. I'm the operations manager and membership director. And this morning, I'm really privileged to feature one of the Arts Council members uh, organizations, La Luna Recording. Uh, this morning, we're going to talk about uh, some upcoming workshops that are free to attend at La Luna and uh, dive into a little bit more about them. Uh, good morning. I am joined by Ian Gorman. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you doing, Eric? Good. Um, uh, our traditional first question for Creative Cafe is, what is your favorite morning beverage? Mm. I like the classics. Just two cups of black coffee sets I, me right in the morning. I, I am right there with you. I totally agree. Well, cool. Um, let's dive in. Ian, um, I jumped on your website, read a little bit about your bio. You kind of have uh, quite a bit of history as a uh, studio engineer. Is that a correct uh, yep. way to describe what you do? Absolutely. Awesome. Um, you started at Western, I believe, right? Kind of in school and uh, recorded um, as a student uh, learning how the things go, or is that... Yeah, well, I started before that. You okay. know, I, I, I got my first cassette four-track recorder yeah. in high school awesome. uh, about 30 years ago and uh, started just recording myself and my friends for fun. And then it wasn't until college uh, when I found out about John Campos and the recording classes at Western that I really dove in deeper and started to consider it for a career. Very cool. And you actually found a bit of success at Western, right? It, uh, you have a Downbeat Magazine Award in 1999. Is that true? I do. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I also met my wife, who was engineering at the studio at the time, uh, around then. And uh, we are probably the only married couple with back-to-back downbeat engineering awards. That's very, that's very cool. The award was for Best Engineered Student Recording. Was that for... Um Oh, no, I'm forgetting the vocal music group. Or was it a – do you remember the uh, – Gold Company? Gold Company, No. Yes. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, there was no jazz okay. on my uh, submission. Then I was working with jazz groups at Western, and I did some work with Gold Company as well. Gotcha. But uh, my, my main focus was rock okay. at that time. And so, uh, yeah, I won a jazz award with uh, 20 minutes of rock <laughs> Even cooler. Um, since then, obviously, you've had uh, – Quite a quite a bit of history. You spent some time in Chicago recording some big names. Is that right? I did. Yeah, yeah. and that was at Chicago Recording Company. Yep, that was mostly where I worked. I also spent a little time at a post production place called Cerny American. Okay. Uh, uh, but most of my time there was spent at Chicago Recording Company, which was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I learned a ton. Uh, really sharpened my skills and probably took 10 years off my life due to sleep deprivation and stress. Sure. Is that uh, some of the motivation that ended bring, ended up bringing you back towards Kalamazoo? That was some of it. It wasn't really a lifestyle that I wanted to keep forever, but also, I mean, the main thing is just I love the Michigan music scene. Mm-hmm. A lot of my favorite musicians in the world are right around Kalamazoo, right around Michigan in general, and uh, this is the community and the music that really moves me, and I wanted to spend my life collaborating and capturing what was going on here. Very cool. Very cool. So um, you ended up coming back to Kalamazoo and you opened your own studio then with the mission to kind of record independent local music, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it started as a home studio mm-hmm. uh, and grew and grew over the years, you know, and over the past 20 years has become the La Luna that uh, we we enjoy today. Um, it was originally called Big Green Lamp. Is that, that right? That's right. Uh, <laughs> it, it started in a spare room of my apartment and I had this giant big green lamp okay. that uh, uh, was kind of the uh, most characteristic part of the decor there and uh, just kind of took on a life of its own. Very cool. And then um, you changed 
names to La Luna. Is there any sort of history or etymology behind that besides the moon? Well, the moon has been an inspiration for musicians and poets and artists since mm-hmm. the dawn of time. Definitely, and uh, you know, I, I I gravitate towards the poetic. You know, that was a lot more interesting to me than Ian Gorman productions. You know, <laughs> sure, I, uh, yeah. we, we make art here, so I wanted something a little more, a uh, little more uh, inspirational. I love that, and I appreciate that totally. Um, now, has La Luna? Uh, you are located in a fabulous facility called Jericho. Have you always been located there? No, uh, we've been at Jericho since. Well, we started the construction there in 2017, and we opened that location in 2018. Mm-hmm. But really, this is the latest iteration of a studio that has been evolving for about 20 years. It's really the same continuation of the studio that I started back in my apartment Mm. in 2002. Very cool. And I'm sure a lot of that equipment kind of carries itself uh, from bedroom studio to different places. There are some pieces that I've had the whole time, but there's been a lot of upgrades sure. and expansion too. Uh, but yeah, there, there, there's a, there are some microphones that I've had for 20 years. And, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you view things this way, it's kind of a beautiful thing to think about the amount of albums that they've been on yeah. and the amount of voices they've captured over the years. Your bio says uh, 750 or so. Is that right? Roughly, yeah. <laughs> I didn't keep very good track earlier in my career, sure. but uh, that's my best guess. That's uh, awesome. Some, somewhere around there. That's awesome. Um, we recently featured Jericho's owners, uh, Crystal and Jeb, at our Artist Happy Hour. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to zip over there to the Edison neighborhood, the facility is incredible. It's an old factory foundry. And uh, I got to see about a month ago um, at the Maker's Fair kind of wandering around. I popped into La Luna and it is a gorgeous space um, located right uh, in Kalamazoo's Edison neighborhood. Now, the reason we are featuring you this morning is because uh, you just recently started um, a series of workshops that kind of take us through uh, the fall and through the end of the year. Can you tell us a little bit about these workshops? Absolutely. Uh, we Before COVID, we started doing workshops there, uh, and it was really, uh, really gratifying to be able to do and uh, a great success. And of course, the pandemic just tabled all of that for sure, a while. So sure. this is us getting back into it. And it's a a variety of topics, both in audio engineering as well as music business, uh, taught by myself, fellow La Luna engineers Maggie Heron and Sam Peters, as well as a list of guest uh, musicians and engineers, uh, bringing in some of their wisdom and contributing to the, uh, the I guess, uh, ongoing experiment of uh, La Luna as an educational space as well as a recording space. That's awesome. So, I mean, you're a recording studio, but you also kind of have a mission to democratize your knowledge and not just yours, but some fellow uh, people at La Luna and then local musicians. Um, some of the topics that you have throughout the next couple months um, – aren't necessarily here's how you record a piano, but here's how to find success using Spotify, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, really, really uh, applicable real life um, situations that all, especially um, new artists find themselves in. Now, if you teach everybody how to do what you do, uh, does that, does that bring any, like what, so how do you envision La Luna's relationship in a world where we have, uh, a MacBook that um, I mean, you could report record an EP on. Hmm. Sure. Well, 
<clears throat> I I love that about it. I started with home recording myself, and yep. that's how I got into this. And uh, that is something that I, I have a deep appreciation for. The thing about recording is that it is a lot more like playing an instrument than reading an instruction manual. And mm-hmm. to get really great at it takes a long time and, and uh, a lot of dedication and obsession. Uh, you know, th- there is always going to be a place for people that are experts at it and very experienced at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more uh, more experienced musicians recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you know. People are going to learn about the recording process, whether we're teaching them or whether they're learning it on YouTube or on Gearspace or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and so that doesn't really change anything. You know, uh, uh, to me, it is just helping better the community. And the more that musicians and home engineers know about the process, not only does it contribute to the art around us better, but yep. it also makes them better collaborators. These days, we do some projects for sure that are all done at La Luna front to back. Sure. But we also do a lot of projects where we're collaborating with people from home studios or musicians recording themselves. And the better that they get at it, the better our collaboration is and the better quality projects that we're working on together. So to me, there is nothing but positive outcomes from everybody understanding the process better and knowing their tools better. Well, and you're helping to ignite the fire that uh, you might have had on that four-track cassette recorder. Um, It's only good for all of us when we all do better, I'd say. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that you can learn this stuff to an extent online, Mm -hmm. but there is nothing like being at a studio with professionals that do it every day and learning from them. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that takes the form of an internship or that kind of thing at a studio. But to be able to give that experience for that discourse with local musicians and engineers at La Luna is something that uh, – it's an opportunity that I don't think people get often enough. And so I take a lot of joy in uh, helping helping give people that chance to come to La Luna and talk audio with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the And – a lot of the topics aren't just how to record, but also how to be a good musician in the studio. Like I mentioned, Spotify, booking and promotions. So these are really all encompassing kind of the music business as it is. Um, how do people get uh, in touch with the schedule, get in touch with you if they have questions? What's the website? The website is lalunarecording.com. We're also easy to find on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the, the schedule is up on all of those places, and uh, all of the workshops are free to the public. And uh, there's no pre-registration needed. You can just show up. But if you want to get a hold of us with any questions, you can do that through the website, Facebook, or Instagram. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for taking the time this morning to join us at the Creative Cafe. Summer is almost over, but the arts are still growing strong. Whether it's a live outdoor concert, a riveting piece of theater, or a beautiful ballet, Kalamazoo has everything you'd want in an arts and culture scene. In fact, arts and culture have always been a cornerstone of what makes Kalamazoo a great place to work and live. As a service organization, the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo has been proud to serve Kalamazoo since 1966. And they're still here serving artist organizations and connecting artists to our community. If you want to know what's happening in the local arts scene, please visit the website kalamazooarts.org and click on the calendar to plan on your next experience. That's KalamazooArts.org. And help amplify the arts in our community. Now you know. Please join us next week for another installment of The Creative Cafe. Brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. 
You're listening to The Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, on 590 and 106.9 FM, WKZO. All right, good morning, and we're back. I am Kristen Chesick. I am here this morning with Julie Devers. She is a ceramic artist and um, also works at the Kalamazoo Institute of Arts at the Kirk Newman School of Art. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Kristen. What is your favorite morning beverage? Black coffee. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sensing a theme here. We've done we've done about 40 of these shows now, and and black coffee just keeps coming up over and over again with our artists. I think there might be yeah. a reason, right? Yeah, especially in the morning. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. You're a graduate of Notre Dame and the University of Montana. I am. And you have a very productive career as an artist. What mediums do you like to work in? I am a potter. And I, so I got my bachelor's degree from Notre Dame in studio art, and we're going to be touching on teaching. And part of the reason I wanted to go get my master's back in the early 90s was to become a teacher, and at the upper level especially. Um, And then when I moved back to Michigan in mid-90s, I set up my studio and became studio potter full-time. Okay. And shortly thereafter, I was approached by the KIA to teach in the ceramics department there. Right. So it's been a great balance of teaching and home life and studio life and yeah. So have you always been drawn to pot to pottery? Yeah, I started out in industrial design and got a little bored sitting behind a drafting table (laughs) and wanted to be a maker wanted to follow through with the process of making from start to finish and just happened to be in the right place at the right time and in a pottery class and Uh it took off from there so So forgive me i have a theater background so when we get into a visual art and sculpture and ceramics and pottery i start to lose my way can you tell me what the difference is between ceramics and pottery it's all the same the material is the same you're still using clay Uh i think we refer to ourselves as potters if we're uh, making vessels okay not always not always uh functional Mm-hmm. But some people do focus just on function, but you can also focus on non-functional vessels. And then ceramics can involve using clay medium as sculpture also. It could be making okay. tiles. It could be making bricks. It, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of clay out there. Sure. That, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no, thank you very much. Yeah. That actually helps me kind of define better. So if somebody tells me they're a potter, it's really about the vessel and yeah. functional or not, but yes. it's really about yes. so bowls and cups and dishes. and Yes. Okay. All right. So you do teach at the uh, Kirk Newman School of Art. Do you teach adults and children? I do. We have a great program. We're just finishing up uh, camp this this week right. is yeah seven weeks of those kids running around and <laughs> they also do clay projects which is always fun to see what they're doing um we have a whole separate children's department mm-hmm. and then in the ceramics department we have seven faculty and i always say that the beauty of our faculty is that they teach to their specialty so if they specialize in low fire red clay mm-hmm. they will teach in that discipline um if you specialize in a certain firing technique those are the classes you get to develop mm-hmm. and teach. And so with seven faculty, we can rotate mm-hmm. our classes quite a bit over the course of a year. Um, all ages, um, but we're just an open door. So I have everyone from, you know, 16, 17-year-olds to, you know, 
late 80s, you know, oh, if, wow. if they can okay. walk in the door and yeah. they can sit at a potter's wheel or sit at the table, yeah. um, we're very accommodating. Okay. So, yeah. Do you tend to teach classes then? So the, the, you just mentioned that you had camps uh, finishing up this week, and I'm assuming that those are for youth, youth mm-hmm. camps. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the, the general classes, is that open to anyone? It is. Okay. So, uh, for instance, I one of my specialties is the wood fire class, mm-hmm. and the KIA for 22 years has had this beautiful we call it anagama wood kiln okay and one of the things i like to encourage is that we will take anyone and if you can't stack wood or you can't move a wheelbarrow you will participate in some way so you know it is physically demanding but again we just like to accommodate everybody um, and give everyone that opportunity to experience whatever level and whatever ability they have sure sure. yeah Wow, that's really yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. It's nice to know. Yeah. Um, how long have you again? How long have you been with the KIA? Twenty two. Twenty two years. years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, very amazing that um, it uh, must be a real love of being able to teach because you you could just be a potter. You have your own studio. Right. I I looked online and. Um, you have a lot for sale. It looks like that's how yeah. you make your living. Yeah. So, but to be to be in it for 22 years on the teaching side, what do you think is important um, about uh, what what a teacher has to learn to be able to teach others? Well, one of the things I credit my husband, who's a high school teacher. Okay. So we're always comparing notes about you know how he would address issues in a high school situation versus I have this community setting of different ages, different abilities. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest thing is flexibility um, Mm -hmm. and the ability to listen to what someone's needs are and Mm -hmm. what you think their ability is and how they can approach something. And also to be able to tap in, in the arts especially, tap into their interest. Um, Whether they want to make a piece that's more biographical, whether it is inspired by them going to the lakeshore, whether they just want to do something abstract. Mm -hmm. But you sort of listen to them and see where their head and their heart is Mm -hmm. and and try to allow them to transpose that into something that they take home. And and again, that's either 2D or 3D, but, Mm -hmm. you know, 3D in my situation of teaching. Um, Patience. You know, you you have to have patience with people, and you feel like sometimes, did I tell you that? <laughs> did I tell you that that glaze won't work on that? And right, so, right. yeah. The trial by error yeah, sometimes. Exactly. People just have to learn exactly. by doing sometimes, yes. don't they? Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing with ceramics especially, yeah. you learn about failure. You okay. know, whether it's someone bumped into your piece, or you oh, forgot okay. to cover it and it dried out, uh-huh. or it cracked, or, you know, there's just so many stages of the process. That and at any you point, you have that failure, failure right, right? But you learn from that failure. You right? do, yeah. Life lessons, I guess. Yeah. Right. So, um, you touched on a couple of things there in terms of what people learn about themselves when they're taking an art class. So part of it is learning the actual technique and right. understanding all of the steps of the process itself. Right. Part of it is self-expression. But then part of it is what happens when I make a mess out of what's ha- what just happened and right. how do I as a human being deal with that. So right. what do you see when you see students going through that little arc? Oh, you just try to be positive and uh-huh. say, sure. you know, that's going to happen. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I... Do you, do you see that, that students learn something about themselves? Oh, from definitely, that? definitely. Yeah. So one person I always think of, and it was a, a student, she was going to be in pre-med 
Okay. And this was actually, I was teaching over at Kalamazoo College for a semester. And I said, you know, someday if you're going to be a surgeon, I would like to know that you have used your hands to do something. Sure. If you're, you know, and, and those are sort of the life lessons that people take with them. Um, yes, being able to produce something with your hands that you never thought you could make, um, whether it's on the potter's wheel or mm -hmm. drawing on a tile or drawing on a plate or something. So I think, and then problem solving, mm -hmm. you know, if you have an idea and you don't know how to construct it, how do you problem solve? Right. Uh, all of ceramics is about problem solving. Right. And people so. think they're just coming to take a pottery class. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they end up with all That's the, right. these That's other right. things. That's right. That I they just wanted to make a mug for my mom. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mentioned before you are an artist in your own right. Where? Do we find your artwork? Where can I buy your pottery? I have a website, which is newgrangepottery.com. Mm -hmm. That's the name of my business is Newgrange Pottery, which, yes, has its Irish roots, uh, okay. thanks to my mom, and uh, all about the spiral images of, of Newgrange, which is in Ireland. Okay. And so, yeah, I've been mostly selling through local shows, art shows, mm -hmm. um, and then I participate in a couple open house tours at my studio out in Goebbels okay. uh, twice a year. Uh, Arts and Eats, which is one of them coming up. And then I have my own personal open house. So, oh, yeah. that's great. But, yeah, if you check my website, you can see all pottery, that. you'll see all that. All right. Yeah. And then if yeah. I want to take a class from you at the KIA, where do, where do I go to see that? KIArts.org. And we are registering now for our uh, fall classes. Mm -hmm. And registrations, it's hot right now is <laughs> so, it yeah. oh boy i, better I think check everybody's it out. anxious to get back in the studios uh, and, and creating so yeah visit there's a lot of new classes uh -huh. um 2d 3d kids a couple new teen classes coming up uh, mm -hmm. a whole new enrichment program with language uh -huh. and oh, yoga okay. and wow. writing so that's great well maybe i'll check it out and make a mug for my mom there you go. Right. Thank you. I've been talking with Julie Devers. She's a ceramic artist. I'm sorry. She is a potter. Uh, and um, she also is a teaching artist at the Kirk Newman School of Art at the Kalamazoo Institute of Arts. It's been a pleasure this morning. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Thanks for taking the time this morning to join us at the Creative Cafe. Summer is almost over, but the arts are still growing strong. Whether it's a live outdoor concert, a riveting piece of theater, or a beautiful ballet, Kalamazoo has everything you'd want in an arts and culture scene. In fact, arts and culture have always been a cornerstone of what makes Kalamazoo a great place to work and live. As a service organization, the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo has been proud to serve Kalamazoo since 1966. And they're still here serving artist organizations and connecting artists to our community. If you want to know what's happening in the local arts scene, please visit the website KalamazooArts.org and click on the calendar to plan on your next experience. That's KalamazooArts.org. And help amplify the arts in our community. Now you know. Please join us next week for another installment of The Creative Cafe, brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Thank you for joining us in this edition of the Creative Cafe, a presentation of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Join us each and every Saturday after 8 a.m. for a visit to the Creative Cafe.